0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Apram Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. There's a part of Parshas Nasa that is looked is, is, is not really dealt with when people sink their teeth into it. I'm sure all of you, if you went to Shul or if you read things online, heard droshas on the sota, heard droshas on... The Nozir Birhas Kohanim, but there's also right before the Parsha of Sota we have this little section hmm. to betray God. And what the person's done is called Oshem. The Nefesh is in a state of desolation. And confession must be made on these sins. Oh, are we talking? we're talking about something where you actually. Bring the ashram the, has a physicality. And the chamish also and it has a 20% that's added to it. Oh, this is not just talking about doing any avera. This is a specific Avera that has a carbon with it. And then it also has a victim. There's a carbon and there's a victim. Oh. If the person has no relatives to give the Oshem to, meaning the money that you clearly have stolen, so it's about stealing money then. Aha. So then, the money you would have given goes to the Kohen. Milvad, Eil kipurim, But of course, there's going to be a ram that creates Kapara. So when you read one, two, three. When you read the four psukim together, you finally figure out what this is talking about. What is it talking about? So as the Sifre on the Pusik says, Lomunem reparshazos What is this Parsha doing here? If this is talking about stealing from someone and bringing a carbon for stealing, that is in Sefer Vayikra. All right, let's go to Sefer Vayikra and see that section. So here it is. Here is that section in Sefer Vayikra. Nefesh Kisekta. This is Vayikra Perikei Pasikhov. Nefesh Kisechta umola mol badonai. Oh, there's your mi'ila. Aha. Limo mol badonai. Oh, I see. That's how these two are connected. Now, what did the person do? Basically, the reason why it's me'ila in God is because you betrayed another human being. There was another human being that trusted you. He didn't have any witnesses, just you, him, and God. And he said, I trust you, Joe. God is here with us. And he gave him a very important item to watch, Or the guy stole something from his friend. Or he just grabbed it from him. Or he's not paying him money that he owes him. Or he finds his item that he lost and lies about it. So first of all, he betrays his friend. He lies brazenly about it, openly about it. And so, once again, we see so this is a twin. These two parashios are talking about the same thing. Betraying another person for money, lying when you were confronted about it seemingly and, and making a false shluah in Bezden. And when that sin occurs, this word we're going to have to talk about. It's give back the money you stole, whatever it was. Pay that and pay an extra 20%. When you bring and bring an asham, and you know what asham you're going to bring? A ram. And it's got to be worth money. the kechol asham. And the Kohen will be for you. So this is really a double of the same Parsha. The words are, are, are similar enough. We now know what Parsha's Nasa was referring to. Parsha's Vayikra helps us understand Parsha's Nosa. Okay. So the question is, why wasn't this in Parsha's Vayikra? That is the question the Sifrei asks. Rashi quotes it, if you remember, in Chumash. Let's see the answer from the Sifrei inside. It already said in Parshas Vayikra, as we saw, a real bum this guy is, right? He's, uh, he's a guy who steals from his friend, lies in Besden, And then, oh He gets, I guess, a conscience. And he decides to give things back. But he just can't give it back and make it right after he has denied it and sworn a lie in Besden to that lie. His Avera is big enough that it needs a carbon. And it also has a 20% surcharge. Okay but there's something that's added. What's added in Parshas Nasa? What's added in Parshas Nasa is, as the Sifre says, let's look again. What about if you stole from a ger? What about if the person you betrayed was a ger, a ger tzedek, who has no relatives? And now that he's, and he dies, if he dies, what do you do? Do you think you're off scot-free? No. The Torah wrote this parsha to teach us about Gezel HaGer. For some reason, the Torah did not include it in Sefer Vayikra. The Torah wanted it here in Sefer Bamidbar, right before the Sota. I'm not sure if there's any connection, but it wanted it there in order to teach us something about stealing from a convert who has no relatives, because someone else has relatives, that the money goes to the Kohanim. Now, Parsha Many times you'll have a partial Parsha that is basically in Sefer VaYikra, but it's missing one detail. VeChazar acher you're going to have repetition in the Torah. Because Bob and and Harry and Stu, Stu's gone, but some of this is just duplicate material. For example, the idea that you bring 20% extra is already said here. Why is it that the Torah repeats new information? Because many times when the Torah wants to tell us something we don't know yet, the Torah goes on a bit and tells us things we already know. Chazer el al because there is something missing. And what was missing about Gezel Now Now, the, um there's something else added here. What else is added here that's not in Vayikra? It says, Ish o Isha. Okay. Here it says, Nefesh, Kisechta. Here it says, Ish o Isha. But it also adds something it doesn't say there. Here it says, in, in, in Sefer Vayikra, let's see what it says when the person realizes he's wrong. It says veoshem. Here it says veoshma ha hahi. The nefesh is in a state of desolation. Okay. That's a, that's a difference between the partios. The nefesh. Why does it say that here? Because a man or a woman, what about someone we're not sure what they are? Tutumar and Androgyus. How do we know they're part of this? Talmud Lomar Ha Ahu. Nefesh is any living person, no matter what their sexual identity is. That's what, that's what this parasha teaches us. This, this teaches us about men, women, every person. Okay um, those are two things that are added. Gare, what you do with the gear that the money goes to the Kohanim. And the second idea that we're seeing here is the idea that includes all living people, no matter what, whatever hand God deal, dealt them in terms of their sexual uh, identity. They are part of this. And that's why Parsha Snelsa refers to that. Okay. Um, Why does it say also, why does it add nefesh for V'oshmo ha-nefesh So again, Chazal tell us. This tells us something else. Hmm. This term is something new not just a shame, you realize you're a thief and you're a liar. There's something else here. The nefesh can feel something. The soul can feel something. The soul can feel something happening. Aha, what's that mean? So the rabbis tell us that, let's say you burn somebody's field on Yom Kippur. If you've burned someone's field on Yom Kippur, you're kares for that Molochah. Bezdin can't touch you because you did an Avera, it's called Kimle Bidarabamine. You've done a big Avera that excludes payment. But God will get you. All of a sudden, Chazal are seeing from that term, that it's more than just Gezel That it actually refers to a whole slew of averos that, even where loopholes exist that you don't get punished, the the, the human soul has to has, has to pay a price to God. And now we get to something which Rashi says is why, although I Rashi says in Chumash last week's parsha. There's another reason why Parsha's Nosa has something that Vayikra doesn't. And that is this, vihis vadu, that you have to do vidui by Geza Lager. And, and by regular Geza. That wasn't, that, it doesn't say vidui in Vayikra, in this Parsha of stealing from someone, of lying about stealing. It doesn't say vidui. Vidui is said in Parsha's Nasa. So one of the things that was nischadesh in Parshas Nasa was vidui, that you need to actually articulate orally what you did when you bring this carbon. Okay, what a, what is how do Chazal deepen this? Chazal deepen this and say, Ainli ella, Chazal say vi his vado. Lo Why does it say vidu here? Now, Chazal say lefishehu omer v'his vada aleha. Where's that? That's not in Bamidbar. That's here. So, that is here. That is va'yikra perek not perrakech perak dolid. dolid begins with the carbon oliviorate. i'm sorry i'm sorry beginning of perrakech begins with the carbon oliviorate. let let me show you that please it says that Let me find that for you. Okay. This is where it says, Vidui and Vayikra. Not about stealing from the gear. This is about someone who refuses to get involved. This is about someone who could testify for someone and help him and doesn't. He's not a thief. He just doesn't want to get involved. Or, and he actually says, I don't know anything about it. I didn't see the guy lend you the money. I didn't see you borrow the money. I didn't see you give him money. Or, and he lies about it. He heard, and in fact, the guy says, Oh, you were there. You you saw, Ruvain says to him, Levy, you saw me lend money to Shimon. Come to Besden and you can help me get my money back. And he says, no, I, I, I didn't see it. And he, and, he, and he says, do you swear you didn't see it? And he swears he doesn't see it. He makes a false shvua. Or, what does he do? He, he touches something, becomes tamei, and enters into the base What does it say in all these cases? Once again, va'ashem. Or he made a shvuah to do something. And what happened? He forgot. And he violated his shvuah He violated his shvuah He said he was going to do something. He swore he would do something. Okay, all of these things, they have a shvuah in it. But he's not stealing outright. But here it says, V'hizvada asher chata Allah. So it does say vidui in this case. Now, I need to explain something. This carbon that's brought, in this case, is not an osham. It's called the carbon oliviorate. In this case, it really depends on how wealthy you are. Depending on your wealth, you will bring a different type of carbon here. And this is a special sliding scale carbon. It's also similar to the case that we just talked about before, when you deny or you steal from someone after he gave you the object, because in both cases, this isn't your classical, I woke up in the morning and turned the lights on on Shabbos. I went to the refrigerator and took something out that I thought was regular meat and it was chaylet. All of these cases have an element of mazit in them, that you knew what you were doing at one point. They, well, not the case of being coming and going in the base amitosh but the case of swearing s- s- seemingly is similar to that the case where you you know testimony and you lied about it you didn't do that bishogeg um now it's sort of in between a shogig and amazed and it says you do vidui, chota aleha, and then it says you bring an osham, an the chatas asher chota. But it's really a, a regular chatas animal. It's not an ayo. It's a kes, It's a keves. It's a chatas that you bring. So this is a case. Let me explain it even better. It's an olaviore yoreh Then there's something called the osham gezela. So let me explain it clearly. In Sefer Vayikra, in Parshas Vayikra, Vidui is mentioned by the Red Redchatas. In Parshas Nosa, in Sefer Bamidbar, Vidui is mentioned by the Osham Gezeila, specifically telling us about Geze Lager. So the Torah writes Vidui twice in Sefer Vayikra and in Sefer and Parshas Noso. It does mention Vidui another time by the Kohen Gadol and Yom Kippur. But Vidui, that's, but that's only the Vidui of the representative of the whole nation. Individual Vidui is mentioned in Parshas Vayikra and in Parshas Nosa. Now we have, as I said, the other thing that's new in Parshas Nosa, Vidui. However, Chazal knew that Vidui exists in two places. Why do we need Vidui in two places? So let's take a look and see what Chazal tell us. So Chazal tell us, if we take a look in the Sifrei that we were looking at, it already says vidui. Remember, that's by Olav Yoreid, by the chatas. That teaches you that a korban chatas, like the Olav Yoreid, the man who brings it, whether he's at the when he does smicha on the carbon, around that time he needs to articulate and say what he did wrong. How do you know the osham needs vidui? That's this pasuk. So Chazal are telling us that you need one pasuk for a one for an osham. Rabbi Noson says the fact that it says this parsha teaches us lekol HaMesim Anyone who's about to die. Needs Vidui as well. If it's, if, if it's telling us the man who knows he has to bring an Ashab and he knows he needs to pay 20% and he realizes what he's done has to do Vidui, this teaches us every person, as he's realizing he's dying, needs to do Vidui. Everyone needs to do Vidui, at least every Mace, every person who's ill and thinks he might die. Needs to do vidli. so that's Chazal on this pasuk. All right, now the Rambam, as you know, in Hilchas chuva says this. The Rambam says, "Any mitzvah in the Torah there is, even every ase, not just gezel ager, any avera." When you do tshuva, for every mitzvah, you need to do tshuva all the time. You need to do more than tshuva. You need to articulate and say to yourself what it is you did wrong. Shunemar, isha isha. What does it say in Parshas Nasa? Parshas Nasa is the source for tshuva, according to the Rambam, but it's more than just tshuva. It's a real tshuva. Let's see the Pasuk again in this, in last week's parsha, The Rambam says, I know the Sifrei. Maybe he even saw Rashi. I don't know. But the Rambam says, this phrase means every Avera you can think of. Does it say that in Vayikra? No. It just says, it gives you a list. It gives you a list of stealing. A list of thieves, a list of, a list of crooks, flim-flam-mans, liars. In Parshas Nasa, it introduces Vidui and says, All sins that man can do. And you're right, this is a particularly grievous one. When a man trusts you with his item. And Chazal say he trusts you and he gives you his precious item to hold with no witnesses because he says God is between us and we're close friends. And that is a betrayal in God and a betrayal in your friend. But the Rambam takes that phrase to mean all Averas. That's only a, a, a sample. Every Avera in the world is included in this. Let's see the Rambam again. Whole mitzvah shebet Torah, bein bezodem bein bishkogah, keshiyasa tshuva v'yoshem ychetol chayev lizvados. Or any avera, lizvado es chatosam asher asu zevidu idvarim. Then the ramam tells you what that mitzvah is, and he says. You need to say, Hashem. we're going to see where the Rambam gets this from. Si avisi pashati lefanecha. And you need to say to God what you did, not just on Yom Kippur. Whenever you realize you've done something wrong, you need to articulate it and say these words. You need to actually, there's a certain mantra, there's a certain specific phraseology that you need to say. We only say on Yom Kippur because we're idiots, but we need to say this all the time. Whenever you feel that you've done an Aveira and you want to change and you want to real you want to stop living a life of sin and you want to be disconnected from that Aveira, you need to do vidui. And Vidui means Hashem I did this. And, and you should go on and be and be and be Marbe. Then the Rambam says. Not like the Sifrei. Remember what we saw in the Sifrei? Sifrei does not say this includes every Avera in the world. The Sifrei said, Vayikra tells you you have to do vidli when you stand over your khatas. Nosa tells you you have to do vidli when you're bringing an osha. The Rambam, as you see here, does not learn like the Sifrei. The Rambam says... Nasa, even though it seems to be talking about Gezel Aguirre, the the, 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 the flowery psukim before that really are talking about all averis that a Jewish person can do. It, it exists on two levels, this Pusik. On one level, there's, the, there's sort of the halachic pshat level that Rashi leads us in, based on the Sifrei. And that's about Gezel Aguirre, And about being a flim-flam man, a rip-off artist. A con man, but the Rambam says the flowery language is really about something else. It's about any avera you could do, whether a, whether there's another human involved or not. Now, Parshas that also says That is about a korban. That's when you. That's when you have to bring a chatas or an asham. And remember, those Averos are generally not hurting another person. It's waking up in the morning and forgetting it's Shabbos. Right? That's a Chattas. Going to the fridge and eating the meat, and it's chalev. So, the Rambam says, it's a shogeg. Or, sometimes there's a Mazid, like sometimes the Osham has. Like, you made the false Shavua. You lied, You need to do tshuva and say what you did when you're standing at the carbon. That's parashas vayikra. So the main mitzvah of tshuva slash vidui is in nosa. So if I would ask you, according to the Rambam, what's special about parshas nosa, you could say what Riggedaw Schwartz says, that it's the longest one, and it's a real big job to read and do the Medrash and the Zohar, maybe the Sifrei as well. You could say it's got Sota and Kohanim, and it has Nazir, um, but it also has Tshuva. It has the mitzvah of Tshuva. That's where it is. It's in Parshas Nosa. And then the Rambam says, The chain call muchive misos bezdin, um chive malkos ain't atriyasuva viizvat. People who are Chayev Misas Bezdin and Chayev Makos, despite the fact that they've been beaten or killed, their death doesn't really expiate their sin until they do chuva. wow so this is a person who's already suffering the ultimate punishment they're taking him out to stone him and to throw his body off the cliff and then throw a big stone on top of the body in case he doesn't die but unless he did tshuva he will not be expiated unless he actually articulates what he did wrong and that's true. The Rambam says when you hit someone, you damage someone, you can pay the guy and send them a check. You will not be expiated from, from God until you do tshuva and you are and you are never going to do this again. How do you know that? Parshas Nosa says, Mikol chatas ha'odam. Chatas ha'odam means two things in Parshas Nosa. We just learned. Chathas means mitzvah but it also means any sin towards another person. It means any, Oda means, according to the Rambam, any sin that a person will do even privately in any walk of life, but it also means any sin that you are connected to any other human being, even if you pay him off and you send him a million dollars or whatever it is, and you pay him. But until you ask his forgiveness, and until you admit what you did was an Avera, the money that you paid is not going to give you a kapara. So the Rambam sees quite a bit from this Parsha. Rabbi, Again, yes? Rabbi, I'm troubled by one thing here, and I'm sure you have an answer for it, but I, but I, I don't, it hasn't come up yet. And that is that the word chatat, or achet you know, is not just any sin. It's a achet is something that you did negligently. It's not something you did on purpose. And and it's interesting because me'ila, I think, maybe I'm wrong, but as you said earlier, it has a trace of mazid in it. Right. So right. Right. I... I I'm really having a lot of trouble uh, following the connection. You, you, Bob, uh, part of why I'm learning this is to re familiarize you. Every single one of every single person that I know who takes the Rambam seriously has learned Hilchaschuva, right? <laughs> every single person, that's one of the first things you learn from the Rambam is Hilchus Tshuva, especially when you start the yeshiva. Oh, let's learn Hilchus Tshuva, the Rambam. But I wanted to introduce you to show you how much the Rambam is extracting from these verses. Yeah, I see that it really does go much further. Well, thank you. I mean, I, I guess I, it's just an assumption. No, no, you, you're right. It's... But but again, where does the Rambam look what he says here? Let's go back, Bob, and, and, and go to your point. Mm-hmm. Whether it's an asay or a los asay, whether yeah. it's zodon or shkaga, because it says vadu eschatosam. Right. Right. And, and using the word chet. Yes. Excuse me, just a I'm, I need to step away. Go ahead and continue. Okay, yes. Okay. Right so that is, that is uh, again, what we have here is quite a, a massive rambam, is what I'm saying here. And the rambam minimizes vayikra. Well, it's still important that you know you need to do vidui on the korbanot, but really, you might have thought You know, the real vidui is where, you know, you're stepping up to the mazid, where you're stepping up to to the real terrible things that you've done to other people. And that, the Rambam says, vidui slash tshuva is from here. And clearly, although the Gemara tells us, Hazal tells us what vidui should be, it means more than that and you can and and you can go on and the more you do the better person you are the more you articulate the more it probably is sincere and the better your 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 commitment is going to be and that's what the rambam says now that's the rambam what's interesting is is that the rambam does not include what the Sifre says, which is anybody who's sick, who there's a question about death, should do vidui. Now the Ramam does speak about vidui before death. He implies it here because he says someone who's about to be killed doesn't get kapara till he does vidui. I'd like to read to you what the Rambam says about someone who's about to be killed in a different spot. The Rambam says that when we have someone we're about to kill because we cannot find legal precedent or any shred of evidence that can save him, what happens? When they get about ten amos away from where they're going to slice his head off or th- or throw him down the cliff or whatever whatever you want to call it, the, the rock place, Omerlo vade We tell him own up confess misvadin, because Whoever is about to die should, whoever is dying should do vidui. If you do vidui, you will get a share in the world to come. So the Rambam, based on the Mishnah and Sanhedrin, does say that a person before death, at least when death is going to be put upon him by the bezdin is told to confess his sin. Im lo, if he doesn't know what to say, he doesn't know what he says. He's not necess- He doesn't know what to say. Khatosi avisi pashati. He's about to be killed. We say to him, or more, just say the following words: Tehe misosi kapora my death should be a kapara. You need to say that. Say your death is a kapara on your sins. Look at the rabbin says Even if he's been railroaded, even if false witnesses were hired, and he knows that he's innocent, but he was set up so perfectly that he's dying when he knows he's innocent, the Rambam is saying that even a man who believes himself innocent and is innocent needs to say this because he's about to die because despite his innocence, the court is going to kill him. He's going to be put to death even though he's an innocent man. An innocent man should say my death should be a kapora for the avarus I've done. The Rambam just adds, by the way, after he says this, we give him Mashkinoso Koritcha Lavona, Bikosha yayin. We give him a good, beautiful cup of wine with a certain part with, 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 with a little bit of, of frankincense inside of it. Kide Shatitorov the Ishtakir. We don't want him to be in all. It's incredible. We don't want him to have his complete consciousness. We have Rachmanus on the person. We want him to die. And he's already said in his most clear moment, I'm going to die. And my death will be a kapara for my Averos. But when the death is now put upon him by the Bezdin, we want him not to be totally aware. We want him to be drunk. And then, then we kill him. And I guess that is a, um, a compassion that we have. Um, and that's where the Rambam mentions vidui again. Where the Rambam doesn't mention vidui, however, is the case the Sifre says: any person who is about to die should do vidui. The Rambam in Hilchus Ovel talks about how a person who is about what, that you don't that you don't um, uh, push a person towards death. That you, if a person is dying, you be, you're very careful how you speak with him. The Rambam does talk about that. The Rambam, however, never mentions. The idea of telling a person to confess before he's dying, a natural death. The Rambam does mention it here, but he doesn't write it anywhere else. In fact, the Rambam, and this is really a point that I think the Ramban makes. If we look at the Ramban in two places, and this is Ramban versus Rambam. So let me show you the Ramban in two places. The first is the Ramban in Parshas Vayikra. The Ramban in Parshas Vayikra really does not believe that, that, that these psukim are as enormous as the Ramban makes them to be. I will show you that right now. Here's the Ramban. Ramban says, Vidui Vidui is never mentioned up until the fourth parak of the fifth parak of Ayikra. They never mention Vidui and it mentions a person bringing a chatas. Why? So he says, I'll tell you why. Because it says Vidui and the Olaviyo raid, because we're talking about a guy who made a false shluah and realized he was making a false shluah. That's amazing. And in Nasa, last week's Parsha, where it says, vidui, we're talking about somebody who lied about stealing something from someone or he kept an item that was given to him in trust. He's amazing. A shogeg, carbon maybe doesn't need a vidui, the Ramban says. Now, that's pshat in the Pusik. Why vidui is only mentioned in these two places. Now, it's true, Chazal do say, the Ramban says, that vidui includes all the things that are in the Olaviyo raid. Even a person who forgot he was tame, And that could be called a showgate. And once it's true about a person who goes into the base, it's true for the person who ate chilev without realizing it. Or a person who forgot it was Shabbos and turned on the lights on Shabbos. Hmm. But if that's true, then why do we only mention vidu here? You know why the Ramban says? Because there's no car race here. You're making a false shvua, there's no car race. And stealing, there's no car race. So the Torah said, Vidui here, and we figure, yeah, of course, we're Yechai of car race. you should do Vidui. Now, then the Ramban says that Chazal, the Sifrei, say that, what we just read, that Vayikra is for Chathas and Nos is for Osham The only thing that is a hint to the Rambam, is that what we saw before, that everyone who's about to die needs vidui. But not that every aver in the world needs vidui, not that every aver in the world there's a mitzvah vidui for. It's actually going to someone who's oshma hanefeshaki behesvado. This is for someone who realizes. That death is imminent or something difficult is imminent. That's where you need vidu. The Ramban is another safer that's called Tairus Odam. And here, as you can see, he talks about vidu. And he says, he brings the Gemara and Shabbos. Mi it's a Brysa. Mi not a lomus. If someone is ill, You say to him, Now this, the Rambam does quote, but the Rambam only quotes this about someone who's about to be killed by Besden. What about the more normal case? That when someone is ill and goes in the hospital, and the doctors say it's a very serious situation, he's in the ICU. You tell people who are ill, you would encourage them, to have their deathbed confession, so to speak. That is a brysa that the Rambam doesn't quote. The, gemara go, the brysa goes on. Going, and again, during Corona, everybody felt like this, right? Adam Yotzi Lishuk Dome Nosnu Bikolar. If somebody is going into the marketplace, you can get killed realize how dangerous our everyday life is if you go into bed and you and you're having problems basically and, and you get ill in bed high fever whatever it is you should consider yourself in the heavenly court at that moment the ramban quotes the gemara say as if you're being judged and you know what if you go through an illness, whether it's COVID or whatever it is that you're going through, you need to look at every illness, every difficult illness that you go through that you push forth as if you are being judged at this moment. And you have to realize that you're going to need help to be saved. You need chuvan my Tovam to be saved here. Um, that is a Gemara in Shabbos. The Rambam does not mention this at all. Um, the, Ramb- the Ramban then quotes a Brisa Masechtas Mochos. The Brisa says, "If a person is ill, you tell him confess." But don't make him think he's about to die. You say to him, look, you know you're pretty ill, and you know you might die. So it's probably a good idea, Joe, to confess, do vidui, because you, you, you know, you're in a difficult situation. Now, there are people that do vidui and didn't die. Tell them that. You might, you, you, we're not, I'm not saying you're dying tomorrow, the price says. And you should tell him, but there's a lot of people who die without vidli, And you know what? Tell him. There's a lot of people that are walking around every day in the market, like we saw before, and and doing vidli because they don't know what's going to happen. So the Mesech Tasmachos is telling people, do it with tact. When when you're telling a person at this last moment to confess, don't necessarily say, "Uh uh-oh, the guy's going to say, that's it. I have no reason to live anymore. If you're coming in and telling me to confess, I must be dying. Now, Mosef says, look, there's a lot of people out there who do this every single day. And the truth is, maybe God will give you life because of it. That's, that's what you tell him. Is this a bunch of psychological baloney? Maybe. But this is what you tell the person, the Bryce says. Now, if he is physically able to open his mouth and articulate it, you should try to get him to say it, the Bryce says. If not, let him think it. Now, in the hospital room, in the sick room, make sure. That when you give him this speech, you don't have ignoramuses around. Good-meaning ignoramuses. Good-meaning women, again, a little sexism here. Um, Good-meaning children. Because when they hear this speech, they're going to cry. And if they cry, he's not going to do vidui. He's going to say, oh, it's the end. I'm going to die. This is finished. He's Shabru libo. The Ramban continues to quote, if you have a person who's very ill and his brother passes away, don't tell him. And don't say, oh, I'm going to... Uh, um, Again, yeah, he doesn't need to know about that. In fact, if people come in, there's a guy who's sick in, in the hospital and his mother died and people are coming in to do Necham Avelim. Push those guys out of there. He doesn't need to hear any more. So the, again, there's a balance here. On one hand, you want him to realize the seriousness and you want vidui to happen. And that's what Parshas Nosa, in a sense, is a of for vidui. But vidui for someone who is approaching this terror. And that is something which... Interestingly, despite the fact that it's, it's, it appears in a number of sources, the Rambam leaves out. In fact, the Rambam's version of the person who's about to die by Bezdin is also truncated. The Ramban quotes it in full in his Sefer Torah, Sa'odam. Yes, you tell the man who's about to die You should um, do vidui, but you also give him a reason. You tell him the famous Oche, who was singled out for his treachery, for stealing from Yericho. Um, What do we? What? What did Yeshua tell Oche? He. He he told Ochhein, You're gonna die, Ochheim. Or you have something, please admit it. And Ochane does admit it. And Yeshua says to him, Today, because you haven't admitted it, before you admit it, you are you have disgraced things. But you tell the person's about to die, Adrasha, you teach him. A drush chazal. The man is about to die and you give him hope by telling him that Ochain went to Olam Haba because he did Vidui. So you just, it isn't just hey, do Vidui because if you do Vidui you might get Olam Haba. You actually illustrate it according to the Ramban, you actually tell him. That's what it says here. You tell him this. You tell him the story of Ochain the story of Ochein is told to every person who's about to be killed. And that to realize that Ochein gets Olam Haba, you will get Olam Haba as well. Now, what do I make out of this? Why didn't the Rambam deal with this at all? The Rambam definitely says, you should be Mavakar Chola, but the Rambam does not have this element of, of encouraging someone who is ill to do vidui And to, right? He wants everybody, no matter what their averas are, to, to, to do Truva. But the idea of imposing a special type of last rites, so to speak, does not exist really in the Rambam's in the Rambam Salokos. This question was asked before I asked it. It was asked by Ravir Miyohu Lev in his Sefer Divrayir Miyohu. You can see he died in 1874. And he writes in his Sefer on the Rambam, he says, Why doesn't the Rambam bring this, this idea that anyone despite the life that he led, if he becomes ill, should be encouraged to do vidui, even if he's done tshuva before. Rambam lo'hi You might want to say that, right? The Rambam says every one should do vidui, but still, the Rambam should have brought it vitzarech Ian, Even though the Rambam brings in Hilchah's son, And from there, maybe you can think everybody. But a person might say that it's only someone who's being killed by Sanhedrin, which is Misa b'dayodam. How do you know someone who's dying from a disease should do viduy? And therefore, he says, I don't understand. Why doesn't he bring what Chazal say? Okay, it's not in Hilchas though in the books of the Rambam he could have brought it somewhere, and he doesn't. and the Ramban clearly believes that this is something that is very crucial. It's crucial for those last minutes or those last days when a person is still in somewhat of his faculties control for him to go through. What Parshas Sanasa teaches us, which is the Oshman realizing what is in store. The great beyond, the Oshma Nefeshai. What's also interesting is, is that I do not believe the Ramban accepts the large net that the Rambam places on this pas- over this what this Pasic does. Everyone, everyone admits you have to do tshuva. I think the Ramban says it as well. But this Pusik is not the source for doing tshuva on every Aveira. There's other psukim about doing tshuva. The Rambam chooses this one to be the ultimate Pusik for all Averas that are possible. And I think the Ramban feels that it's not justified. The Sifrei, which is, again, you, everything is based on Chazal. Chazal included to anyone who's about to die, but that but if a person who's not about to die. It's, he's not bringing a corbin. This isn't the source that he must do tshuva with a vidui. In fact, one can maybe even make the case that even though the Ramban, the Ramban feels that you have to do tshuva, but it doesn't necessarily mean vidui is essential for that tshuva to work. Maybe a that that you did Ben Odom which aren't connected to a carbon. Maybe they don't need Vidui. You missed davening, you, you wore shotnaise, whatever it was. Maybe you can have kapara without articulating that. There might be a mitzvah to do it. But as far as the Rambam goes, saying that without Vidui, kolchata sa'odam, you have, you, you have not, you still have the, 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 the pagam of the Aveiro. I would suggest the Rambam disagrees with that as well. And therefore, I think we do have a very interesting makhlokas. My, my, my instinct tells me that the Rambam, although he was aware of these gemaras, did not want to codify them. There was something in the Rambam's sense, his medical sense or his ethical sense, that convinced him that it wasn't essential to include these th- ideas in the last hours or the last weeks of a person's life. If a person is ethical and has done the right thing, he's done tshuva already. And if he knows he needs to do tshuva, he'll do it. But the idea of the community goading it, the idea of his friends and relatives pushing it, the idea of uh, uh, of, of articulating it in such a way, I think the Rambam rejected that. And he felt, look, every person is responsible for himself. And you know who you are, and you know what you need to do. And you should do chuva right away if you can. And if you're doing chuva on your deathbed, of course you do chuva. But there is no idea that the community around you, that your loved ones need to encourage you to read these words. That doesn't happen. That, I think the Rambam rejected that. I think he felt that it was, it was pandering. And I think he felt that it was taking away from a person's, a person's bechira of what a person chooses to be. And that's why I think the Rambam leaves it out. He also believed that since he knew tshuva was so all-inclusive, but he knew tshuva really isn't complete until it's articulated, he needed to build that Pusik and Parshas Nasa, he built it into an edifice that was so large, it included everything. And that's because, clearly, the Rambam feels that when it's just touchy-feely, even if there's crying, if there isn't that concrete articulation and the description of what you did and your oral Articulation of your commitment, then it isn't real either, and therefore the Rambam inserts that all into vidui. Now he doesn't have many options. It only says vidui three. T- well, there's only vidui three times really in the Torah. Right? There's nasa, va'yikra, parshas va'yikra, and parshas achrimos. So the Rambam took the place where he felt it was the largest, which is in parshas nasa. And he makes it one of the great principles of Jewish life that and, and, and perhaps and again is able to expand things and that to him is very important because he is a believer in the articulation and the intellectual understanding that precedes that articulation, because if you don't have that then what you've done, if it's just inside and feeling, the Rambam feels, the Rambam believes and understands that to be insignificant. And I think that's, in a way, sketching the areas of debate between the Rambam and the Ramban in this in this point. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of New Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Oh, mm-hmm.